0: We recorded this podcast about the West Coast Eagles' new club song before the AFL season went into hibernation. But now the fans are coming back, and with a big crowd expected for the Western Derby, we thought it was a good time to send it live. We hope you enjoy it. Go Eagles!
1: You're listening to the 268 podcast, brought to you by Canning's Purple.
0: Hello and welcome to the 268 Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Ballantyne, and joining me today is usual Glenn Langridge, Cannings Purple's head of digital, but today we have a special guest, our bearded branding superstar and art director, Adam Elevalis. Hello, Adam. Welcome.
2: Thanks, Morgan. Thanks for the invite.
0: How does it feel to be here on your first podcast episode?
2: Oh, I'm the guy behind the computer mostly, so in front of the microphone, I'm a bit uh, a bit on the nervous side, I think, but uh, we'll we'll make do.
0: I feel a bit outnumbered by having two diehard Eagle supporters in the room. but
2: Wait, think... are you not a diehard Eagle supporter?
0: No, I'm not. I'm I'm a Freo girl. Oh, um, Sounds yeah. like
2: a derby to me, being outnumbered.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think because my family's linked to um, the Pill Thunder Football Club, so it just seems natural for me to also follow the Fremantle Dockers.
1: We won't hold it against you, Morgan. <laughs>
0: So the West Coast Eagles will be hoping to blast their new anthem at the end of all their victories, um, hopefully not against Frio. Adam, you wrote an article on the 268 about the song and branding is an obvious specialty of yours. So what does changing the song have to do with the branding?
2: Well, I think a lot of people, when they think of branding, uh, kind of, you know, logo is the big thing they think of. And... And while that's true, a logo is just the face of a brand and a brand, you know, if you carry the analogy further, is the body and the clothing and the, and the facial features and everything. So um, so it's a lot more than just a logo and uh, the song is something that the West Coast Eagles produce, is something that's owned by their fans and so very much it's yeah it can be included as part of their branding.
0: So do you think it was the right move for them?
2: Well, I think um, I think the West Coast Eagles recently like a couple of years ago, I think 2017, they did rebrand. and I think a lot of that was because of in the previous seasons they had they there's a lot that they wanted to distance themselves from. Um, so they've had to kind of, Reinvent themselves as a bit of a pr- progressive, leaving the past behind us, pushing forward. And so, I think it makes sense. And particularly, they're only thirty-four years old, or or thereabouts. So, you know, they are an, one of the newer clubs. Um, so, they don't have the tradition like anchoring them to the past, which some of the other clubs do. So, so is that is that commonplace? This um this idea of using a new logo
1: or a new brand to completely reinvigorate or reinvent who they want to be perceived as? And is there a realistic expectation that they can, uh, with a new brand,
2: get rid of all of that? I think that a new logo and a rebrand won't solve problems in the company that are there, or the business or the brand that are there. But if there are changes that have happened behind the scenes, the, the, the new brand can emphasize that yes we have changed and and there's n- new direction going forward so it has to accompany real change but yes it can and and it, it's good to do that yeah it's an interesting point
1: um because I'm a avid Eagles supporter and I'm um, fortunate enough I go to most of the home games and I've noticed over the last two years that there was the um the logo and then um, friends family and flags motto came out and then the new club song I haven't yet sort of heard it played in the stadium but the um, they start running through a um, uh, a balloon, or not a balloon, a, a blown-up tunnel and things like that, and you've got music rather than the theme song, and there's just all this theatrical um, execution of what I would also maybe perceive as
2: being the brand. Mm, yeah, absolutely right. And when they rebranded, they had a very, uh, I would say, very American-feeling and looking kind of sports brand at the end of it. Um, and it's interesting that they chose to... Uh, to to go that way,
1: yeah, I've noticed a, a real Americanization, if you like, of um, of the Eagles, and I wonder is that because they're, you know, American brands are a couple years and billions of dollars ahead of us, or is it that we are trying to become them, or do you think it's well, I don't know, what what is it, Adam?
2: Well, I think some of it is creative people look for inspiration, and you look overseas and see what other people are doing, and you take that on board. But I think uh, you know, 50 years ago, the the level of um, uh, experience that people had at a ground was was amazing because there wasn't much competing for your attention. There wasn't much competing for your entertainment. These days, kids will get on Netflix on the phone on the way there. They'll they'll play their games and they'll get to the stadium. They'll be like, well, you know, like they need to have something to keep them engaged to kind of compete with that level of experience that they're they're getting elsewhere. And so I think. A lot of it is about engaging young people in the brand and helping them to kind of get on board and and, and enjoy the whole spectacle of the uh, you know the big stadium and the Eagles thing. So I'm pumping after a win against yeah. the Dockers. Sorry, Morgan. Oh,
0: I'm slightly offended.
2: <laughs> I was I was going to add into that actually, um, and I was going to say something positive
1: about the Dockers. Um, oh, so great. I'm glad <laughs> you interrupted me, but I will I will keep going. Um, uh, I I noticed that um, having been to a few derbies that are Fremantle home games rather than Eagles home games. I have noticed that the um, the family aspect of Fremantle Games previously used to be much higher. It was um, that was almost the the target and the demographic. Um, I, have you noticed that, Morgan?
0: Um, I can't say that I've actually gone to a game for for a while, but I have watched it on telly. I haven't really noticed. Fake Sorry.
1: Well, anyway, my my point being is that um, that I imagine is a a key consideration of the brands. Like one, who do they want to target on who they currently have, and then two. Uh, who are they trying to reach? What's their new audience? And I guess for the Eagles, it's um, you know they're a bit of a it's a bit of a joke that we have a, an older demographic of supporters. But I feel like with this new brand, maybe that's maybe that's changing.
2: Well, I think uh, a lot of it comes down to how brands have changed as well. So thirty years ago, uh, brands would communicate on mass to. Uh, to their people. Um, And there wasn't much of a recourse. I mean, you could write a letter to the editor and that was maybe about it and it might get published, it might not. Uh, Ray, who normally fills in, might have uh, edited a few of those himself, but who knows. Um, But uh, brands in the past, in the mid-90s, kind of changed with um, social media. So all of a sudden, Everyday people and consumers had the had, had power to be able to talk to brands publicly, and all of a sudden, from brands having all the communication aces, um, uh, the consumers had all the communication aces, and so brands had to develop uh, like personas. Really, that they had to develop a personality. They had to be relatable and able to have conversations with people. And so, I think West Coast have kind of changed their brand into being. Um, more more personable and more like if you, if the brand had a face, it'd be like a family. It'd be a family guy or a family girl or or a mum or a dad, and that's that's very deliberate.
0: Yeah, and I also think that they do also target the teenage demographic because you know you got young guys and girls that want to be elite athletes and they want to be elite footballers. So I also find that really really um, interesting as well because I know that a lot of kids that I do come across are all about the football and all about being part of that club culture.
1: Just picking up on something you said around um, social media and that that obviously pricked my ears, but I think it. Um, I wanted to explore a little bit further around uh, the impact that a brand has um, in the way that we communicate, for example. So with the increase in the way that we use social media and um, more and more that younger demographic and the teenage um, demographic and the young adults are looking to social media for their content on their favourite sporting club, whether that's the lineup or the stats or reruns or whatever it is, um, how important is it in the branding process to consider where this brand will end up? Um, uh, you know, all the different applications from it—from game day to posters to social media.
2: Yeah, I mean, very, and and quite often um, for for larger brands, um, you you do all the groundwork around. Uh, the the purpose of the brand and how it looks visually and then you spend uh, a lot of the time uh, working at how it's going to roll out across different mediums so uh on on game day you mentioned the um uh, the inflatable eagles tunnel that they they have and the fireworks and this the song playing and the fact that they the eagles come out to a like a pop song um playing in the stadium and and uh you know on social media video everything you have to there's a lot of thought that goes into how can we make this a seamless experience that feels like the same brand.
0: Um, So you discussed how um, the West Coast Eagles had reinvigorated their brand, but how do companies in general approach reinvigorating their own brand once it gets
2: tired? Well, I think the Eagles, uh, several years ago, they had to do a lot of soul searching as far as what is their brand purpose? What is their brand vision and mission and it really starts there and because that really just de- like d- defines okay what are we what are we presenting ourselves to be in the market like how are we aside from any commercial um you know interest like making money what what does this brand stand for and that's really important to have at, at the forefront so you really have to go back to the kind of granular level what is your vision mission and and and, and position in, in the in the market and then from there you can kind of go okay well the, the, the logo and the visual identity ties into that and your messaging ties into that. It, it all comes together. So it's really about going back to basics and then building out f- from there. And I guess some um, brands also have a, a huge
1: amount of stakeholders. I mean, the Eagles more so because they've got thousands and thousands of fans, more than Dockers. Um, how, do, uh, how do organizations and the West Coast Eagles manage all of those fans and uh, employees and the people that
2: previously did the brand and all those different stakeholders um, in this process? Well, it's interesting you make that point because I think there are some similarities between uh, sports brands and companies. Uh, for instance, a, you know a company, sure, like the board of directors maybe who make those decisions about rebranding, would technically own, own the brand and the company owns the brand, but there are also stakeholders to consider. There's you know, employees and contractors and um, uh, you know uh, suppliers and, and things like that who are used to dealing with your brand, and you have to kind of communicate with them and let them know the logo's changing. And it's, it's still us. It's okay, and, and this is the reason why. Um, but in a football club, it's a lot more stakeholder engagement than that because I would argue that in a football club, it's not the company, like the business entity, West Coast Eagles, who own, uh, who own the brand. It's the people. It's the fans. Um, and it's owned by the fans. And you have to really engage with them. And I think that's what the Eagles have done very well over the past couple of years. First with their rebrand a couple of years ago, but also um, also with the, the new theme song. Um, they really engaged with people well. And you can see it in in the videos that they produced. They, they produced... Like the launch video, saying, Hey, we've done a new brand or we've done a new theme song. And they've also gone, Hey, here's how we did the process and here's all the steps we went in with engaging with our community and with our fans.
0: And you're both longtime Eagle supporters. Um, Glenn, how long have you been a supporter for?
2: I've been a member for 22 years.
0: It's amazing. And Adam?
2: I've never been a member, but I have been going there since they played in the Whacker. So I would have been, oh gosh, eight or nine Adam years just old. Trump yeah. <laughs> I've heard or that the 80s. membership late line's 80s, like five
0: yeah. years or something. Oh, plus long. plus, crazy. So, um, as both longtime supporters, um, how did you both react? Because I know that there was a flurry of um, responses on social media um, since they released the new song.
1: Yeah, I, I followed it quite closely, just out of interest around. Um, what the what the media was saying, but also how um, uh, I'm going to use the word viral. It it went in in people sharing their opinion. Um, from the outside, I mean, people have a tendency to be outraged on social media, but overall, I think it was really positive. Um, I think it was over that initial shock of wh- why why are we changing it? Um, and those were the people that perhaps weren't didn't feel like they were included in this journey that the Eagles were going on, as Adam was saying, around that stakeholder management side. Um, and yet, the people that knew that the Eagles were going through this transition, or potentially have bought into it from the very start when it started with the logo and the change of motto and things like that, I think had a had an overwhelmingly positive reaction to it. Yeah, well, I
2: actually have some data, Glenn. You'll be really impressed impressed <laughs> oh, with me. talking dirty at <laughs> <laughs> I actually went, went um, uh, and this is when I recorded it. Um, the original video releasing the new theme song had. Four thousand reactions, and ninety percent of them were positive, which I think was a a, a wow, a, a thumbs up, or a or a smiley face, or a love, or something. I, I can't remember. But heart n- react, heart react. There you go, heart <laughs> react. Ninety percent were positive, and the 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 process video where they explained how they went and engaged with everyone uh, similar only had fifteen hundred reactions, and but eighty percent of them were still positive. So. Really good. Really good, like positive reactions for West Coast. And I think, you know, the theme song has changed from the original anyway. Like there was a whole verse that was dropped that talked about sticking it to Melbourne and Victorian clubs. And, you know, we're going to come over there and take the prize because you used to take our key players. And and if you don't know the the story that the Victorian club used to get all the best talent from the, the WAFL because they could pay them more money to play in Victoria. So... Um, but yeah, I, I quite like the song because it's, it's not the original anyway, and still, it still pays homage to the original. Um, it includes the chorus, I think, is the same, and it's great. Yeah, it's it. sort of got the best of both
1: worlds. Yeah. Can I ask,
2: did you, um, did you like it before you heard the explanation? Um, I, I did. Okay. I mean, because I think we've been hearing it in the change rooms, yeah. and we, we've been hearing it when they've won. Mm. So there's an already an immediate association between this is a song of victory Sorry, Morgan. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, it's a song of victory, and and it's that's that's a good thing. And West Coast, um, yeah, it's a good brand association to have, you know.
0: But at the end of the day, go Dockers.
2: <laughs> we'll skip over that. Um, Adam, how in, how important is that explanation video?
1: Right, Up um, to a brand, do, do you recommend doing that, or like some sort of video or storytelling?
2: I think particularly for a sporting brand, um, when there's a uh, when when the fans are such a key stakeholder. Um, I think if you are a huge brand like BHP, BHP did, did some videos around why they rebranded and how they rebranded and kind of showing um, some, of, some, of their, um, some, some of their new brand and why they, why they kind of did it. Um, so I think the bigger the brand, the more necessary this becomes, particularly when the amount of stakeholders is increases. It really helps people take them on the journey and show them that, hey, this isn't just like a, a flippant ad hoc decision. We've really thought this through and we've really done our due diligence.
0: Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Adam.
2: Thank you for having me. It's been been great.
0: Um, and unfortunately, I can't wish you any luck this year because I am a Frio supporter. Um, and thank you for listening to this podcast, everyone. If you weren't already a fan of the new Eagle song, then hopefully Adam has at least managed to persuade you that it is on brand. You can subscribe to The 268 Podcast wherever you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget, for all the latest thought leadership and news from Cannings Purple, visit the268.com.au and sign up to our newsletter.
1: The 268 Podcast, brought to you by Cannings Purple.